Define and Expand. This is our podcast and we've been doing a series over the last uh, few weeks talking specifically to customers who use technology and various solutions to make them more effective in their roles. So today we have a special guest. This is Dan Moser and he has been in accounting and finance for the last 20 years. He is currently the CFO for Exec Vision and uh, Dan and you and I, we've worked together before, but welcome and thank you for being on our podcast. Thank you, Jackie. Really excited to be here. So, you know, you and I have worked together before, but, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is bring the perspective to our audience from a customer's perspective, you know, instead of always preaching about, you know, this is what you should do to create, you know, a world-class services and customer success organization, et cetera. We're flipping this to get perspective from people like you and your role, whereas a CFO, that's a big responsibility and to actually be able to not just report, but to be able to utilize information effectively to help drive the performance of a company, you know, you're a key role and the technology you use is, is obviously one of the key things um, that help you to be effective uh, for your, within your organization for your role, but also to help drive performance for the company. So thinking about that, what I'd love to hear from you is, you know, from your perspective, what are those top three to five elements and things that you look for in a vendor for some of your key tools that you use? And you can talk about, you know, maybe examples of some of your tools, but just love to hear your perspective on, you know, what makes you successful when you use technology? Why do you choose certain vendors? And then what do you look for in that vendor, both from a technology services and just overall doing business with them perspective? Yeah, great question. Um, You know, I think at first it depends on you know, what am I implementing first? You know, you talk about those tools. Um, a lot of, because of the size of the companies I work at, usually they're, you know, somewhere, let's say in the five to $10 million ARR range. And they're looking to, you know, how do we get to 20, 30, similar to what we were doing at Socrata, uh, Jackie. And, you know, the first one is, is a lot of times on the finance and accounting side, we are, look, we're, we're on QuickBooks, right? And we need a more robust uh, accounting system. So then there's that big move from a QuickBooks type of product to a um, larger ERP oriented accounting system. Um, a lot of, te- a lot of folks use, uh, usually comes down to Intact or NetSuite. Um, I've, more familiar with NetSuite, um, which is now bought by Oracle. Um, so there's that type of, which is a little bit different than just like a tool that would go on top of like Salesforce or on top of NetSuite or just a tool in general, right? Because um, those are things that you're not going to pull out. <laughs> you're, you know, they're not going to go away. You're, they're very sticky inside your company, and it's a, you know, we, though your contracts may be annual, the fact is, is you're signing up. Probably, it's so painful. Yeah. Um, you're signing up. You're signing up for years. Right. Um, so, so it's a different. So there's a little bit difference in the type of products that you're buying. Um, you know, but I will say, just in general, the first thing that I look for um, is. Um, because I, I'm usually working again at, at smaller size SaaS companies, but usually, um, you know, well, well cap, well financed for, from a venture capital firm. Um, so we have money, um, but we don't have a ton of resources. Um, and my job is to get a good product in that's going to help us move scale and move to the next level. But I don't have a ton of resources right now, so I want 
the first thing I look for is that are they being really honest and upfront about the about their time and my time and how are they charging for that? Um, so if I see they're like, oh no, we're not going to charge you for any services, but we're going to charge you just this annual recurring fee every year, and I'm like, well, I expect a lot of work up front, and then I probably just support, you know, hopefully the software is running, and I do need support. Um, so that doesn't seem like a fair. Are you really? What, what are you doing up front, and why aren't you charging me for it? So to me, that's very questionable when um, I see that. Um, and also, I if if I'm on the phone with them and their guidance is like you can install it your if the, and this is more on the tool side, um, if you can install it yourself if you want, which I'd never want to do by the way, <laughs> um, or or we can do it for you, but it's your choice. To me, that's a company that's, and, and I'll give you a good example of that. Um, actually, when we were at Socrata, um, there was a, a um, commissions was one of our, our pain points um, is we had a lot of salespeople and um, the commission plans and we were just, um, and, and like most companies, it's spreadsheeting, it's taking data, taking sales data out of Salesforce or your accounting system and, and throwing it into spreadsheets and providing commission percentages to pers- to people, right? right. Um, but we were, ours were getting complex. There's renewals, services, upsells, new deals, and everybody had a different percentage. And sometimes there was some team selling going on and it just got, and you know, across a 30 or 40 person sales organization, then you have the SDRs, BDRs, and how they're getting paid differently and da, 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 da. So it gets in the customer success managers, which is more, um, you know, in the customer success world. Um, so it got really complex quickly. So there was a piece of software that was purchased actually right before I got there um it was called exactly and they that was their they were like and 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 the 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 accounting person um said oh you can uh you know you can implement it yourself or we'll we'll come in and we'll charge you i I don't even know what the fee was again it was before i got there and of course you know the they're like well let me try to do it myself and she never did it and a year later it never got installed and shocking they churned and it wasn't, I mean, it was a $15,000 annual contract, but it just, I think it's a good story of if exactly would have said no. And I think they do this now, by the way, cause it's a great company. Um, no, it's $15,000, you know, ARR fee plus 10,000, whatever it is for. And again, this is why I want them to be very upfront with me for a, and, and we're going to get you up and running. There's a good chance we would have been successful and used it and they, we'd still be a client today of course the company's now been sold but you know what i mean so um i think i think it was a good lesson and 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 something that i really look look at is how are we going to get up and running and implementing and, and how much of my time and my team's time do you need so i want them to be really upfront about that and i will say netsuite um this is this, i haven't bought it since they've since Oracle like officially acquired them, which I think was like two or three years ago, um, I haven't bu- I haven't bought a brand new instance since then. But at that time, they were very upfront. They were like, "It's going to be three months. Um, you are going to need to give us all these things." Which you know, when you're switching accounting systems, is a lot. And you know, usually when you switch accounting systems, you kind of want to change things. You're you're upgrading to improve your reporting, so you need to think about that. You know, think about that structure of your company that you want, how your departments are set up. You know, I know you and I work together to say, okay, we don't want just a customer success department. We want it broken out between support, customer success management, um, professional services. So we had to set all that infrastructure up and the ability for me to then roll it up 
and and in some kind of way show it versus budget and then give it to you and your team and we, I know we eventually did that and it was very it was very successful um, so but they were really upfront and I and I, I really liked that about them yeah um, some of the other you know one of the other main products that I that I that is really important on the finance side once a company's getting bigger is um, is a CPQ product, a, co- a cost price quote product that usually sits on top of your CRM, which for me has always been Salesforce. Um, you know, the, the legal agreements can be, <laughs> uh, once you get a lot of salespeople out there, you need some control. Um, but you've got to integrate it with your CRM. Um, it can be, it, you need it to also legally follow the, the, the you know, the approvals that, that it needs to go through. We're, you know, we're not NetSuite. You know, the companies I work are not NetSuite, Microsoft, and you know, other, you know, world-class B2B companies yet. So we need to have some flexibility in our contracts. So I also need that flexibility as well. So um, I know I implemented Steelbricks. It was kind of as Salesforce was buying them, and they were, and 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 I did have a, a resource, a person who was in charge of that. Um, our, our we had a. Uh, uh, just call him a biz ops, sales ops type of person. And uh, he was great and we worked together and we got it up and running. And uh, that's a really important uh, tool as well that uh, finance and accounting needs. Uh, usually that falls under the legal, usually legal kind of falls in that bucket as well. Yeah. So was training a big part of the success? Like training mm. all of your, like the fact that they offer um, not just an implementation plan, but a training plan, you know, not putting it in your hands to go, yeah, well, figure it out for yourself. Or did you find that certain vendors you really liked because of their training programs or their support? They had really amazing support people when you ran into trouble. What made you stay? And, and I get the stickiness of, of those, but even as a CFO, the rest of the organization mm-hmm. buys software all day long. And I'm assuming you, you're also one of the people evaluating from a cost perspective. Is cost-benefit analysis a piece of that as well? So, you know, those were a couple of questions all at once. But just right. how do you look at not just for you training and support as being great, but do you look at other things to help the company as a whole make decisions on Technology. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'll start. I'll start with your first question, though, which is because I didn't touch on that. I kind of threw the whole implementation and training kind of in one big bucket. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, which is probably not fair. As I know you to you, that's very different. Um, but um, yeah, so I definitely need someone um, to sit down and take the time to train me. And again, they need to be very honest about the learning curve that it's going that me or my team need in order um, to, to be successful. So I want them to be upfront, and that's, that's kind of part of what I was talking about earlier with implementation, but training as well. There's actually a really good example of that that I have. Um, it was a tool we put on top of NetSuite called Adaptive Planning. Um, it's an FP&A tool. I really, really liked it. Um, I've heard that NetSuite doesn't uh, sell it through them since Oracle bought them, but I, it's still a great company that you can buy from um, and put it on top of your NetSuite or really any instance, um, whether it's QuickBooks or, or uh, Intact or whatever. Um, but they really took the time to train me because it basically gets me out of spreadsheets for the fp function and throws out your 
your Excel models and uses technology and and interacts with your accounting system for the purposes of, of, of financial planning. And um and it's a real learning curve to learn that, but I really wanted to and they were like yeah and they took the time. I mean I and but they were like, How many hours do you need? And um they were and they were very honest about, you know, hey, there's the recurring revenue piece. But they were very honest of, you know, you're going to need 20 to 30 hours of training. And it was a great program. Um, and I, by the end, I was off on my own. Um, but, yeah, but then customer support is really, really important because no matter what, you're not going to be an expert. You're, you know, you train and you learn and then you go and you work on all these other things. Yeah. And then you got to come back to it and go, oh, my notes, wow, they're not that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, How did we do that so, again? <laughs> uh, yeah, so customer support is really important. Um, and having And when you call... Um, you know, whatever program you signed up for, if they have different tiers, um, that they, they honor that. Um, but eventually like, you know, sometimes you just got to talk to someone and, and as long as they're, if I signed up for, you know, they're going to get back to me within a day. And, and as long as they honor that, I'm fine with it. Um, again, it just depends on the emergency on, you know, on the, you know, a sticky tool like NetSuite, you know, if I can't, if I'm, if I'm charging customers via a credit card and all of a sudden I can't charge, like, they better get on the phone <laughs> pretty yeah. quickly. Right. Um, my FP&A tool, you know, like I talked about with adaptive planning, I mean, usually I'm working, I'm, you know, I'm budgeting. I mean, it's not an emergency that day if I can't, if something's not working for me. So you just got to keep that in mind on how sticky your product is. But I do really, um, uh, I do, you know, again, I will talk, I will tell people, I, I, I kind of am, I feel like I'm doing that right now. I'm telling you about my more successful things and I'm kind of advocating for them. Yeah. And I think that, that replicates out there. So it is really, really important, important to me. Uh, a good, another good example that we're working in right now is, um, I've never heard of this product and it, they had it here at exec vision. It's called SAS optics, you know, just SAS and then the word optics. It's a piece of software that we, we are, we're still on QuickBooks here, but man, the reporting from a recurring revenue and MRR and churn, I mean, it is outstanding. Um, and it's, not that expensive and it sits on top of you know it can sit on top of netsuite or anything else but we but it actually it has a, an integration into quickbooks and i'm sure it can have an integration into any other accounting system um for billing and so it takes a, an invoice and then rec, you know recognizes the revenue over the period that you tell it to and then calculates the mrr and you know if it goes down because someone bought less or goes up because someone bought more it calculates upsells and things like that it's 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 really great but it does have that integration and sometimes we have some issues because it's you know getting a bill out is super important right we got it like you know just we just closed a large deal we got to get that bill out we got to start this 35 30 40 45 day um payment period we want to get that bill out you know and the mrr and the recognition it's important. It's got to happen, but it, maybe it doesn't need to happen that day. Um, yeah, but you, but you because made of, one good point, which is the reporting on you and I have both seen the struggles of reporting accurately AR and MR. Like, what is it? What's the contract value of each and every one of our customers, and how is it fluctuating? And a lot of people have tried to, like a better word, kind of jerry rig Salesforce and use that reporting only to find out that's so inaccurate. <laughs> And Salesforce think, can't do it. I'm t- it can't do it. Try, try, I think check it out. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a tool like this I was is shocked. going off of contracts and actual accounting. Like this is what you're invoicing. This is what they're paying. That's reality, and that's where you yeah. really need to understand where your business is really at, rather than, you know, because we can all make Salesforce say anything, but your accounting is your is your record. You know, it's your gold yeah. standard of record and. 
yeah, I think that's, you know, you're making a point of, of also that the technology itself has to be extremely valuable because you, you know, even if, you know, things don't need to be done, you know, that that's a good partnership, right? Having good services to help and support you is a good partnership. But you also pointed out the idea of the technology itself has to have some real value. It has to solve some real key pain points. Every solution that you talked about was solving a big key pain point for you. It's not like you're, you know, you're just grabbing all kinds of technology to see what works. You, you have a strategy. Well, we haven't, got, we haven't, we haven't gotten to the, we haven't gotten to the sales and marketing side yet. That's that's that side. <laughs> <laughs> Both right. finance and accounting, where no, where no one wants to spend money on, uh, right, right. on, uh, you know, only on what's necessary. Exactly. When you get into the tools that may not have value, that's where you get into sales and marketing. That's a little bit of a joke, but I think there is some a little yeah. bit of truth to that too. There's, there's um, a lot but, of truth to that. Yeah, but on the SaaS optic side, my point, it, it is a good tool. I, I recommend you and your audience to check it out. Um, I, I've been just shocked how good it is, and it's not that expensive. I probably shouldn't say that because they're, <laughs> they may look and up their prices tomorrow. Um, uh, but I will say that their customer support, because of that integration into QuickBooks, which is kind of where I was going with that, is you know when we get it, we need to get an invoice out, we need to get it out, like, and we need an in, we need our invoicing to be because it's cash. Um, and the reporting, which is super important, and you and I you have struggled with that, and I've struggled with it, and basically I've depended on spreadsheets. This gets me out of spreadsheets for a lot of my MRR reporting, which is which is fantastic. Um, but that, but their customer support has been really, really good. So I've hired accountants. This isn't like a software that everyone knows. Um, so I, and this might be important for for your audience as well. You know, I, I had never heard of it before I came here, and I mean, I'm not an expert, but again, I've been around the block a bit. Um, sounds like you haven't heard of it either. And um, so when I hire account accountants who are working under me, they're like, uh, and I'm like, uh, I've never really used it either. I can't train you on this. And so their support has been fantastic to train new people that have come on. And it's, I don't think we're getting, we're not getting charged for it. So, I mean, maybe they should, but um, anyways, we're just getting really good customer support. So when you're, uh, to answer your support question um, on that, I just wanted to point them out. Um, but yeah, go into the sales and marketing to answer your other question. And that was a good segue talking about tools that may not be as like super important <laughs> as, <laughs> as as that you're billing in your uh you know your accounting system so right. um yeah uh so on the sales and marketing side it is or any or tools around the company it can be engineering as well um right. uh, or your r&d team whatever your, your product team whatever you want to call them um your tech team um i i struggle with uh, you know they go i want this tool and it costs 20, 30, 50,000 a year, whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, let's, I do want some sort of analysis. Like, how is this going to save us time? Is it efficiency? Is there an ROI, like on, which is probably more of a sales and marketing tool? Is it going to get us more leads? Um, and so understanding what our costs, you know, what some of our costs per leads are, where, where we are today, how this is going to improve that. Um, you know, that's the kind of analysis I look for. Um, a lot of it's culture inside the company. Um, look at exec vision. We're pretty, cost conscious here. Um, I have worked at places that are not as cost conscious. Um, and that puts the CFO in a difficult spot because we're, we're CFOs, we're cost conscious by nature. So, uh, and you know, and you don't want to be Debbie Downer and say no, but it's like, okay, well give me, and, and you're cost conscious, Jackie, when we work together, um, you know, whenever you wanted to buy something, I, I, we, you know, you, I don't know if you put a formal analysis together, but we definitely, at least talked through it or emailed about it. Um, but you know, that's what I want to see. Um, I don't need a formal 
at, at probably at bigger companies, you do need to put something very formal together. Um, but we just need to make sense of it. Did we budget for it at the beginning of the year? That's a big one. It's going to be a little bit easier if it was in budget. But even if it's in budget, doesn't mean we have to buy it. Right. So I do want, even if that's the case, I do want something um, that shows how much more efficient or, and, and is it realistic? And then, uh, and then all the things I talked about um, at the beginning about when I buy something personally for me or my team, um, I, I then talk that buyer or that department head, whoever it is, and go, hey, are they being upfront about support? How much, how much time is this going to take away from your team? Are they not going to be working on you know, something else? Um, and, and so are, they, are, are we, I don't see, look in your proposal, I see very little professional services up front. Is that realistic? This looks like a pretty technical product. So I do ask all those questions to make, okay. to get really the buyer on their side or excuse me, the buyer on our side, kind of that, um, that there's a right term for it. The, the, the leader inside the company that's purchasing, um, purchasing the product, um, uh, you know, to, to, to go make sure you're, you're going to get it, you know, you're going to get the support you need to get this up and running and successful. So we don't have something like the exactly that I, that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast where, you, Oh, you do it yourself. You're never going to use it. It was just a complete waste of money and it's going to churn next year. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, that's a great point because it's something that a lot of, um, well, even the companies I, I worked before, you know, we would run into this in a sales cycle. All, everything was like green light, green light. Everybody loved it, loved it, loved it. And then we got down to the CFO's approval, and they they hadn't they hadn't written a business case for it. And the CFO was like, "Nope, you know, go write me a business case. Tell me the ROI behind this. You know, why would I spend fifty, seventy-five, a hundred thousand dollars a year on this solution? It makes your life easier. I I get that point, but what does it do for the company? And a lot of sales cycles sometimes get blocked because of that. But also when it comes to a SaaS company trying to get renewals, the, the entire you know, CS, the, the CS teams don't always realize that it's so critical to have help them. Sometimes we have to help them you know, as a CSM. One of, the, one of your big responsibilities might be help them write a business case. If they don't have one, help them write one. Because maybe the CFO isn't going to approve it for next year because they're like, I didn't see the value. You know, we spent all yeah, this absolutely. money and, you know, we're not hitting our numbers. We have to cut costs. You know, I'm going to go through a technology review and cut things that aren't really adding value and, and creating some kind of cost reduction or enablement to revenue. Yeah, absolutely. As a CSM or, or a salesperson, I think, and this comes from my, we talked about a little bit um, before we started the podcast, but I think you know that I was in sales myself, uh, kind of a unique CFO who has some sales experience for about three years. I worked for Targus Info here in uh, McLean, Virginia, um, which was a great, great company. Uh, eventually sold to a publicly traded company, Newstar. I think it sold for um, 800-ish million dollars. Um, great company to, to, to get my sales chops at. And I just felt like my, one of my main jobs when I was a seller was to help my, my buyer make a case to go upstairs, to go, you know, to sell up to, yeah. to the CFO, to the, to, to his or her manager. And that is so important. And I would create the presentation for them. I would give them all, all the data. And I think that's a big part of, of, of sales, uh, in general. And I think that makes my life easier if that's all, if it comes to my desk and it's like, Hey, here's the business case. Here's how more efficient, here's what they've seen at their other companies. And it just makes it easier for me. And of course it fits, you know, and this is where big brands and, you know, if I've heard of the company before, um, and I've, you know, have 
have colleagues who have used the product that have seen success. Um, if I've listened to a podcast like this and I've heard, you know, oh, you should buy this product or check it out because it's really good, like I kind of did at the top with some of the products I bought, that's always very helpful. And I mean, that's probably more of a marketing thing, but um, those things are helpful too. Sure, sure. So if we think about this kind of flipping it, what are some of the things that you could share um, that would make you either um, not want to buy a tool again, so coming up for renewal, and you you know might come across your desk for approval to renew these types of technologies um you know what do you, what would make you recommend not you know we talked about the business case that mm-hmm. might be one but even in your own department um what are the kinds of things that that even your own organizations have said hey we're not buying that again like what are some of the things the vendors do wrong whether it's product service or the vendor itself that makes you not want to renew them? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think obviously there's a lot of things. One, if the product's just not that good and it's not working and it's not doing the things we said, I mean, that's, but that's pretty, that's pretty easy. Um, And I think that's, common sense. Um, A lot of the things I talk about up front, like um, in implementation, I try to alleviate some of that. Like, hey, we never used it. We didn't have the resources to to do it. Um, It never got implemented. Um, Things like that. I I try to hit that up front. But obviously, if that's happening, um, that would be a major one as well. I think a big one for me, just I don't want to say personally, but like it just rubs me the wrong way are, you know, I, I try to not have auto renewals in contracts for my companies or if there is they're you know they're not 90 days out or anything like that like i mean but you know don't don't oh they're for for whatever reason there's a 30 or 60 day auto renewal don't like not contact me ahead of time and then on day 29 hey you're in the auto renewal it's like hey that kind of rubs me the wrong way and and i've seen companies you know, and even companies I've worked at go, well, they're not that happy. I'm not going to, I'm just like, that's, come on guys, this is, no. And I, I don't want that to be the culture of the companies I've worked, I work at. Um, and I would expect, I would expect to reach out to me, um, ahead of time to say this is coming. And, you know, hopefully the, the customer success teams that, um, that whatever organization you're working for, you know, has best practices in place or is at least trying to with, you know, quarterly updates, QBRs, whatever they are. Um, but, you know, some of the, some of the tools in, you know, a SaaS company is, is selling may not be an enterprise tool um, where it's just, you know, you don't, you know, there isn't contact with a, with an account manager at all the time. Like, cause it's, cause the, the product really is turnkey. Um, I'm thinking about something like uh, there's a, there's a, um, a tool that CFOs use for, to, to manage their, their equity, to manage the, um, ca- the capitalization table. It's called Carta. Um, and, and there's other ones out there. I think it, they've, a lot of them have merged together. Um, at Socrata, we used, I think, eShares. Um, you know, that's something it's pretty, it's pretty ready to go. Um, you know, once you kind of know what you're doing and they have good customer support, but, um, I don't really talk with an account manager much there, but, and I, and it's very sticky. Like I, I, I need, you know, it, it works. It helps me manage. It's not super expensive, but still if they're, if they contact me on day 29, like I'm going to go, uh, what, you know, and again, if they have a sticky product, that's always makes it easy. But um, so even if they're doing like a so, text touch, not a personal touch, as long as it's giving you 120 day notice, Hey, just reminding you, this mm-hmm. is coming up. Let us know if there's Absolutely. anything, you know, if they, if, as long as they have something in their auto tech touch, you know, 
Mm-hmm. That's really what, yeah, some, what you're saying is, yeah. is much more helpful. Some of the things that I think get weird and, and love to hear your thoughts on this is um, – um, at the, uh, and we deal with this, you know, I deal with it both at the companies I work at and as a vendor is what happens when, you know, you buy an annual subscription and for whatever reason, implementation got delayed. Um, you know, do you expect credits on the back end up front? Um, I think that can be one where if I, if I, and I haven't had that happen personally. And, and again, I try to alleviate that up front. Like, what do we need to do to get implemented? Let me make sure I have the resources. But it definitely happens. Um, and I think with larger enterprise type of type of uh, implementations, it can definitely happen. And I see it on at the companies I work at. Um, but yeah, I, and so things, there are, um, you know, just to, to address that a little bit, you know, one of the things that I did at, um, at Workfront and, and we did offer it at Socrata as well is you know if you you know you prepay for a lot of the programs right and you have up to a year to utilize you know all the services that are offered in that implementation plan and you know for one year you know including all the education and support tiers etc but if for the implementation they didn't use the entire implementation or to your point they had to stall it and then that year comes up we would basically say to them you know when you renew We'll take this. We'll replan it. You won't have to, you know, pay any more except for just a maintenance fee, you know. So whatever the the like tier one or tier two of the support, you know, plan. Mm-hmm. And so we literally would, you know, roll it over, but literally put it into a new plan at, at at a cost of zero, so that they could utilize that and get the project up and going again. And to me, that's doing the right thing by the customer. You did pay for it. You didn't get a chance to use it because you got hit with this, that, or the other. And therefore, you didn't have the time to actually implement the solution. But now you're going to devote the time and you're going to give us another year of the partnership. You know, I think those are the right things to do. And I think, you know, the CSMs working with those services teams, you know, in a coordinated effort, it's, it's moving the customer down the roadmap. So... To me, that is the right thing to do. I think it's, you know, not a good customer experience if you go, oh, too bad, so sad, expired. And I will tell you, back in the old days, we never did. There was, you know, you know, no, no renegotiating kind of a thing. You know, it expired. We took the revenue hit. You want to buy again? Start all over. Um, but you know, in the SaaS world, you really just can't do that. You can't afford to treat customers that way because it's just too easy for them to decide to go with another vendor who's going to be more dedicated to making sure you're, you are successful. Mm-hmm. So you mean the licenses as well? So when you say the services, are you talking about the professional services or are you talking about the software as a service? Just the professional services. So they would still have right. to renew How the do licenses. Ha- yeah, so that's what that, and that's that's kind of where I, I I've I've had I've had some issues is when you know if you give them a, a let's just say you they you they sign up for twelve months and you're like the first three months you have access to the software however you know we're going to be implementing um, and they're like okay you know I get it that makes sense but for whatever reason that three months turns into five let's I'm just giving you an example and so those two months of Lice of license. They're like, look, I couldn't utilize the software because we weren't implemented because it got pushed out for whatever reason. Of course, people will blame fingers back and forth. But what do you do with those two months on the renewal? Like, do you, 
do you give them for free? Do you try to renegotiate? Do you just say, hey, tough? Like, uh, th- I think that's kind of sometimes oh, where we're Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. Makes, uh, those I are, understand your question. Those are, that, that is yeah, those they, are tough conversations. You know, they, they are, and, and then they're kind of not in the sense of normally in their first year, you get a pretty good discount. It, it's kind of rare that, that you don't offer a, a pretty good discount their, their first year out. Um, and... So it, it depends on how that contract, you know, what the price point is and, and how deep the discounts are. If the discounts were pretty deep, that, you know, you can use that to say, well, you know, that you got 50% off, you know, so, you know, when it comes to renewal, the idea is, is that you'd be fully implemented and that that's why you're not going to pay, you know, the actual price. Oh, that's good. Year yeah. Two, year three. So, you know, as long as it's priced, knowing and you should know your implementation cycle like you should know if you can get people up in in the first 90 days and and if they got a 20 percent to 25 percent off um, you know that's reasonable you know for them not to to expect much but to your point if it like i would always you know encourage the the services teams you know talk to the customers if they need to put things on hold then let's talk about it because we could offer a credit because to your point you're not using the software something came up you had to put things on hold but you already prepaid for everything so perhaps you apply an appropriate discount going into year two you know now let's try this again we'll give you this discount you know we'll kind of renew everything but at this discounted price to make up for the fact that you didn't use it in first year i think those are the right conversations to have because i really do think it's about honestly calculating the value that 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 you can bring to them and what, what yeah. is really, you know, the appropriate value. And at the same time, then the other risk is, you know, the, well, you can't give everything away for free just because the customer didn't do anything. You know, I just think it's about finding that fair middle ground of, of do the right thing. You're, you're really want to make them successful, but the, the customer also has to understand, you know, as a business, we're still, dedicating a lot of resources to trying to get you there so you know there's a cost to us as much as there's a cost to you even if it didn't get up in that first year but those generally should be the exceptions to the rules so you know as long as you have flexibility in that renewal process i think you know customers appreciate just doing the right thing um going into the second year yeah, exactly. And that's where you were saying, going back to the original question was, you know, what are some things you don't like or would make you not renew? It's things like that, like not being fair, not being reasonable, not, a, you know, hey, remember it, we we started late. What can we do here? You know, be fair. Like, so things, and that's why I was, I was bringing it up. But I think those are really good responses. I think those are really good responses. Um, you know, every time I talk to you, Jackie, I always learn something. So this was, I think some of those responses are really good. I'm going to go uh, use that here internally. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, good. Well, um, I just want to thank you for your time because your insights are still super valuable. And it's been great to get a perspective from somebody like you and from the CFO chair. Because uh, I think a lot of people kind of forget um, that there still is tremendous influence and power coming from the CFO. Um, as these SaaS companies are trying to grow and be responsible to their investors as well. Um, and it helps, I'll just say, the SaaS world to understand when you're talking to and, and trying to go after certain target markets, there are challenges there and they need to understand how to navigate through those. So I think you made 
<clears throat> some great points about, you know, be upfront, give me a plan, stick to the plan, be a good services partner, you know, end to end, kind of do the right thing. And, you know, don't try to sneak <laughs> renewals in and don't try to, you know, kind of, but, you know, do the right thing. Make sure that I am, I am utilizing, I am getting value. I am getting a return on my investment and that, you know, it'll be sticky simply because it is providing that, that type of return. It's not even really any more difficult or challenging than that. Um, and, and it sounds like that way, then they're just a good partner to you. And as a CFO, you can back those kind of companies all day long. Yeah, absolutely. And for, 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 you know, the, for tools that support the CFO and accounting function, like we need, we need that extra layer of, you know, I guess I talk about customers support and services a lot because it's just, you know, when you're paying people, your payroll, when you're monitoring cash, when you're invoicing customers, when you're, um, you know, hitting customer credit cards, like this stuff is just so important to the operation and back end of your office, of your, of your company. Um, I want that extra, you know, yeah. that okay your product's good but I, I, I if i have trouble I, or i want it set up correctly i want assurance that it is and if i have trouble i know i can call somebody and get them on the phone and help me so right. those are super and, and not just when i say me i mean me and my team right right absolutely no that's yep. great great insights thank you so much for being on our show and sharing your invaluable um, experiences and recommendations as well so really appreciate